Um, if you've got your Bibles here today, we're just going to jump into Ezekiel 37. Um, let me just put my timer on my phone, and we'll just dial that down and see if we can... Oh, no, I'll still give it 20 minutes. Go on. There we go. <laughs> um, can we just have my prop up, honey? That would be amazing. Ezekiel 37, um, and we're just going to... Yeah, I just could not get a word out of my head this week, and it's not the word I thought I was going to bring. Um, I will just, um, just got a big old bone there today. Uh, Ezekiel 37 verse 1, um, The hand of the Lord came upon me. That's a good start, isn't it? The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out of the spirit uh, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. They were very dry. They were, they'd been dead a long time. There's nothing left on them, and when you get dry bones, you know that they've been sunbaked and they're dehydrated, so they've been dead a long time. There's not a lot of potential when you see a, a dry bone. Anyway, the Lord said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. It's amazing, isn't it? How could something with no ears that is long dead hear the word of the Lord? Thus saith the Lord God uh, to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I'll put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, Cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Come on, what an amazing word. How about we just put our hands together for the word of the Lord this morning. Now, in contrast with the word of the Lord, I want to just give uh, you some sobering facts in regards to an article I, I read uh, yesterday, um, that was an older article actually, um, but I was just doing some research and this was in The Guardian and it says, statistics analyse the personal well-being data for more than 300,000 adults in the UK. Collected over three years from 2012 to 2015 and found that happiness and life satisfaction plummeted among respondents aged 35 and over. However, the trend reversed once respondents reached 60 with people aged 60 to 65 to 79 uh, tending to report the highest average levels of personal well-being. And a recent UK Mental Health Foundation report said that men aged 40 to 49 have the highest suicide rates in the UK. That's intense. That's a contrast right there. And the cited reasons for um, the mental-emotional health struggle in this age range was kind of, it was really diverse, but I want to give you some of them. Unfulfilled go goals, loneliness, physical changes, loss of youth, stress, 
burnout, depression. There's this one here I'd never heard of. This is generalized anxiety disorder, GAD, characterized by worrying excessively and uncontrollably about day-to-day -day events and activities. Yeah, so we've got a part of a, a generation that is silently suffering, <laughs> it appears. And I know we talk a lot about uh, young people's mental health and well-being, but actually every stage and generation in life, there are different challenges that we all face and go through. And we, we can't just say, oh, it's just the youth and it's just young adults that have poor mental, emotional health and they, you know, they need all the tools that they can get. It's actually all of us, all of us can easily slip through the cracks into having low self-esteem and, and a sense of low worth around our lives. And the 40s, my, I'm 48 years old now, and, and honestly, the, the 40s for me were actually a bit, of a, rude, uh, a bit of a rude awakening to the concept of loss and discovering my limitations. And over this last kind of eight years, actually, I've probably have, I've had the most challenges that I've had to face. And, and, and where I've placed my hope has been, it's been questioned at times. You know, like what I put my hope in as, in, as in my 20s and in my 30s, not every, not every dimension of hope that I, that I had that I thought was solid actually has stood the test of being in the 40s. <laughs> And, and, it, and it felt like that some of the things that I'd been hoping in had become a little bit like this dry old bone. And I'm like, will they live, even some of the words, will, will those prophetic words, will they see life? And, um, and I discovered, you know, it's possible for me to be a pastor, you know, to have reasonably sound doctrine. And, um, you know, we all know the Bible and we all go to church. And, you know, I preach the word on Sundays most often. And, but I, and, and I have actually a pretty good grasp of a lot of mental and emotional health tools. Um, but that I could even, I could even, <laughs> that sounds so arrogant, doesn't it? But that I could struggle with, um, you know, low mental health and even poor self-belief at times. Uh, I'm just keeping it real here. I'm just, you know. Um, and, and I've at times in these, this last few years, of, um, you know, wrestled through how do, I, how do I rediscover hope? How do I, where do I put my hope on? Um, what's true and what... What can I put my, you know, my expectation on? What, you know, the, because the, hoping in Jesus means that we have this incredible eternal hope with a constant expectation of good. That's what hope, that's what hope is. And, and I know that over this last time, um, period of time, that God's been pruning me. He's actually, <laughs> he's, I, I, I'm committed to staying the course uh, by grace, you know, but He's been pruning me to become more fruitful. That's what he promises in his word, right? It's like, yay. And, and, um, but most importantly, to, you know, to become more authentic, not just to have more stuff. That's not what bearing more fruit is, but to become actually a more authentic Jesus follower. And um, I want to say to anyone, because I just felt so much on this word today, that you know, if you're sitting here, and even if this is for one person, and you are feeling just like in a real place of hopelessness today, um, 
that, that's, that's not where God wants you to be. Just simple. Boom. He doesn't want you to have that anticipation of waking up with a sense of dread and hopelessness. He wants, and there is an invitation with the gospel of Jesus Christ to come into a life and, and, and have a position of hope that is actually unshakable. Um, you know, the raw message of the cross is that death is swallowed up in victory. And so this is uh, Vision Week 2, and, and even on that point alone, and we think about the distinction of the cross, we have this eternal hope because of the blood and the cross of Jesus Christ. We are brought out of the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light, it says in Colossians 1. And light is always a picture of great hope and freedom. And so I hope today that there'll be some people here that have been called out of a place of darkness into a place of light or a place of gray into a, Christ, into a place of, of light. It says this in Proverbs 24, verse 14. Wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there will be a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. See, hope, true hope draws us into the future. Hope gives us this internal compass to set our course towards. And, and, but there's this thing with temporal hopes. They can be cut off, but there are hopes that have eternal value. And there is sweetness, the Scripture says, there is sweetness like honey. There's sweetness like honey. There's something sweet knowing that our hopes are founded on the rock. And Psalm 81 says that there is honey from the rock or something like that. You know, in a world where most people's confidence is based, you know, entirely on what's happening in their situation at any given moment, the wise are called to set their vision on the big picture because they receive hope from another life source that is eternal. Psalm 62, verse 5 and 6. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. This is the kind of hope that has eternal substance and value and this hope can only be born through the power of the spirit and the word of god we can't find that by just getting around religious people and and just coming to church and doing that thing we actually this is comes to at a spirit to spirit connection you know like neville was talking about the importance and the value that we are all sons and daughters in the kingdom and that's what he's calling us into this relationship with the Father. And so there's this invitation from the Spirit of God to view our future with an unshakable hope. Romans 15, 13 has been a very dear verse uh, for me now. May, may the God of all hope. May the God of all hope. What do you mean, God? You mean that I can have hope in any part of my life? And are you saying that if, if I don't have all hope, you know, that there could be a part of my life that, that is not yet included? <laughs> because he is the God of all hope. Now, may the God 
of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you can overflow. Fountains overflow, don't they? <laughs> overflow but with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, I think it says. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. I need some of that. <laughs> you know what else? We've got a witness. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Jesus followers. This is what it looks like to me, that Jesus followers are meant to be the most hopeful people on the planet. We are supernaturally connected to the God of hope. The power of the supernatural Holy Spirit is meant to flow through our, to us and through us. 1 Peter 1.3, Praise be to God and Father, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He's given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Come on. He is our living hope. Thank you, Siri. By the power of the blood of the cross, our disappointments, our false hopes, our lost hopes are reconciled with true hope. And if you're living with unreconciled disappointments, I want to just like just be vulnerable <laughs> with Jesus. <laughs> just include him. Include him into the include him into the rawness of your disappointment. Because if un, you know untended disappointment only leads to leads to bitterness and and a bitter root defiles many. And so there is actually real responsibility as followers of Jesus to, to allow him to come in and tend to the wounds of our disappointment. So on this day, as the Lord called Ezekiel out, this is a vision, right? I almost called him Ezekiel. <laughs> Ezekiel, he called him out and said, I want you to see not what you see in the natural. I want you to close your eyes, your physical eyes, Ezekiel, and I want you to see something that I'm seeing. And he led Ezekiel back and forth to view this dead army. And he, and he noted that the bones were very dry. You know, and dead bones, when you're talking about an army, is, it's just it's evidence that the enemy's won, isn't it? It's just like, well, there was a battle, and someone clearly didn't win. <laughs> it was a very large cow. <laughs> and as, as Ezekiel looked at this dead army, you know, death would have filled his natural vision. And in the natural, there was no hope. And today, maybe you've got some natural death that you're struggling with. And that could be things that haven't happened. That could be death in the natural to dreams and visions, to struggles, to relationships. It could be something that, to do with the way that you look at yourself at a deep level. And you're like, I, that couldn't come to life again, you know. Well, that part of me has never been alive. I want to just remind you that God knows you better than you know yourself. 
2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not what is on what is seen, but what is unseen. We fix our eyes. And, and this means that we've got to unfix our eyes off some stuff, doesn't it? <laughs> Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is is eternal and this is a this is a real secret recipe in here there's something really important in the in here about where what we're fixing our eyes on what we're fixing our eyes on you know i watched um a reel popped up um yesterday with um michael back to the future guy michael j fox yeah and you know as you know he's um he's got parkinson's disease and he says you know i you know i've just got a tool in my tool belt that just I just, I, this is, I've got a secret tool in my tool belt and he is, he's in the advanced stages and, and he's got, I've got this tool in my tool belt and he says, man, uh, thankfulness leads to my optimism. Thankfulness leads to optimism. And I was just like, man, he's taken his eyes off what is seen and he's fixed his eyes on something that is, you know, that's also seen, but it's not the obvious and he's looking for optimism. He's looking for ways to be thankful to keep his optimism. Anyway, but the, the Lord asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? This is interesting. Can these bones live? Why did the Lord ask for Ezekiel's opinion? Can these bones, why is it important for Ezekiel? You know, like God's sovereign, right? God's sovereign. He could do what he wants. If it's, you know, it was the Lord's will that these bones died. No. <laughs> he asks Ezekiel because he wants to activate something in Ezekiel. He wants to activate his authority. He wants to activate who he is in Ezekiel. He wanted Ezekiel to, to fix his eyes on something eternal and not something temporary. And what God was doing in the eternal realm, in the realm that actually gave birth to everything that's in the natural. He wanted Ezekiel to have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the certainty of things unseen. And, you know, without hope, though, there is no connection to faith. Hope. Hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And we get all like, yeah, let's celebrate the faith. <laughs> let's get big on faith. We're faith people. Yeah, I'm a man of faith. But that faith can't be activated unless we have godly hope. And if we don't have godly hope, we've got wishful thinking that we call faith. So, so God's stirring Ezekiel to see from his position. I read this or heard this this week. Any area of our lives that doesn't glisten with hope is under the threat of becoming a stronghold of the enemy. It's kind of intense. So Ezekiel, you tell me, can these bones live? Oh Lord, uh, you only are know, uh, no, alone, no. Oh Lord, you alone know. There we go, I'll read it. 
That's a great answer, isn't it, Ezekiel? Yeah, well done. But he's saying your ways, your vision, your intentions are higher than mine. And you've got me here for a reason. And that's why you're where you are. You're here for a reason. And that reason can only be connected through Jesus Christ, the God of all hope. Verse 4, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. In this verse, Ezekiel is empowered to confront death, to confront hopelessness with the very words of life. God's saying, hey, Ezekiel, you have permission to align your voice and your vision with my voice and vision. Ezekiel, speak life, declare life over now what lies in chaos, over what resembled an army, give purpose, focus, and hope. You know, I want to remind you today that your voice and your vision, what you see and what you say, has the power to change atmospheres and perspectives. Life comes from the supernatural realm. I want to encourage someone today, where you're at in the natural, it's not what God's saying in the supernatural. It's not what he's, it's not his prescription. You know, maybe you've been prescribed stuff around your life with uh, words or labels or just the sheer relentlessness of the struggle has actually dimmed your vision. I want to call your faith to rise again today, your hope to rise again today. And we believe that a part of the church coming into this great distinction is that we carry the greatest hope that this world needs. We are the carriers of life and light and hope. You know, I read another article this week and it said, we can no longer have our cake and eat it too. The days of enjoying both our culture and our faith are over. And, and maybe that's not 100% true because it's still great to be a Kiwi and it's great to live in New Zealand and we've got a beautiful nation. But there is great distinction that God is calling His believers to have in this hour. And this distinction about being the part of the kingdom of light is not to keep us separate from the world, but to give us a clear message and purpose to a world that is actually in the dark. We are brought into the kingdom of light, into the king of the son whom he loves. I wonder if everyone would just stand right now in this place. You know, the Bible says, actually Jesus said in Matthew 24, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. My words of hope, my words of life will not pass away today. I just wonder if you right now, you just close your eyes, just fix your eyes, not what is on what is seen but what is unseen and maybe you know you've got that thing at the back of your mind that you know is dead dying or dormant and you've been looking at that stuff and you've been speaking about that stuff and it's just reinforcing the situation but God wants to show you 
his perspective this morning. The power of the Holy Spirit wants to show someone a fresh perspective today of what he's doing. Because he's always doing something. He's not absent. He's not absent from your struggle. He's doing something and he's calling you to align with what he's doing this morning in the Spirit. So thank you, Holy Spirit. We just acknowledge you as the God of all hope this morning. Let's just turn this into a prayer right now. Just start praying in the Spirit right now. Just build in the Spirit. May the God of all hope, and right now we, de- we direct fresh hope to the struggles where there's no hope right now, into families, into finances, into relationships, into bodies. We just thank you for fresh hope and heaven's perspective rising right now. Oh, may the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace. And right now we just take that posture of what it means to be a child of God in the midst of a struggle. We're not waiting for joy at the end of the battle, but we're waiting for joy in the battle. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We thank you for fresh joy and peace in our struggle right now. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We just set ourselves apart from the struggle as your sons and daughters right now. And we just put our trust in you. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as we trust in Him. We just settle our trust on you. We take it out of stuff that it it never belonged to. We just take it out of that stuff. We take it out that people would see us, notice us. We take it out of of success. We take it out of our finances. We take it out of ourself and our flesh and our ability. We take it out of ourselves and we put our trust in you this morning. We surrender. We entrust you. We entrust you. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for the overflow. We thank you for the overflow. We thank you for the overflow. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the overflow, for the overflow. Holy Spirit, just right now, just if you want the overflow and you're like, I just need some of that, just come up to the front right now. We'd just love to release the overflow of the Holy Spirit on you. There's an anointing here hard to bring a shift there's just a shift coming in this whole church. We need a greater shift. We need a greater awakening to this God of all hope. We need to take our eyes off this world and come into this realm, to come in this realm of belief and of great hope, no matter what's going on around us. We want to be a people who overflow with hope. If that's you, you're like, man, I'm not overflowing, but I want to dare to. Just come out of your seat. We're going to have the ministry team. If I could just call up the ministry team right now, just to, we don't, you know, let's just make a mess here this morning. And maybe you're feeling like a mess and you need the Holy Spirit just to come in and just touch you this morning. Because it's not, this is not a religion. So Holy Spirit, we just, right now, we open our heart to you. We open our heart to you. I feel like there should be a lot of people up here this morning. Just in this moment, just Holy Spirit, we just thank you. 
Paul, for the alignment of joy and peace. For the alignment of joy and peace right now. Shalom, peace. Shalom, peace. Shalom, peace. We just speak peace this morning in Jesus' name. We speak peace and life. Holy Ghost anointing. Holy Ghost anointing. We just thank you for more, Holy Spirit. For more, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus.